Welcome to Friends I'd Like to Drink With. This is your co-host, Chloe. And this is your co-host, Julia. And oh my God, Chloe, we have so much fucking shit to talk about right now. I think every week we have so much to catch you guys up on. It's pretty crazy, but so much has happened the past week, especially with Taylor Nolan. Oh God, it is literally like so toxic to be part of this franchise every single week it's a new thing however though i do feel grateful that it is kind of shedding light on a lot of issues that america is facing and Mm. i think this show is a great reflection on what's happening and especially with chris harrison and misogyny obviously Um, (laughs) of course there's just so much, especially with race that we are all dealing with and with cancel culture. This is a lot is happening right now. And if you don't know anything, go catch yourself up. And yeah, do we want to just get into catching up after I ask, what are you drinking tonight, Julia? Okay. Yeah. Let's start off light and then we'll get into the dark, heavy stuff. Okay. (laughs) So I am drinking a very beautifully prepared gray goose martini with... (laughs) Three olives because you know what? I'm trying to be mature in this Are woman tell all episode. <laughs> Are you in New York City at Barney's chugging martinis, buying stuff you just can't afford, and you're just like, Girl, fuck it? You know, I'm trying to be that. I am um, Sarah Jessica Parker, but the San Diego version. <laughs> You are minimalist, living off of the earth, meditating. You are the Sarah Jessica Parker. I am the Sarah Jessica Parker, but New York version, but also trying to be sustainable and <laughs> eco-friendly, I guess. Dude, martinis are sustainable. It's very minimal, like clean ingredients. We're all you about know. sustainability over here. And you know you're getting your alcohol. There's just, mm-hmm. you just know you're going to get fucked up. So Julia, do you already feel fucked up from the, from the martinis? <laughs> I feel fucked up because we've been talking for like such a long time and have not started recording this podcast, (laughs) but it's good because Chloe and I have both had very long days. The working nine to five, you know that song working nine to five is not for me. I fucking hate it. I think everyone should drop their nine to five. And I think you should, we should all just live <laughs> off of the planet and be happy and grow our own vegetables and fruit and live in the present. Everyone, suggestion, read Power of Now and your whole life will change. Mm. Julie and I are conscious mm. beings. We're grateful yes. for our jobs, but I wish maybe we lived in a socialist country. <laughs> I wish socialism is awesome, you guys. Capitalism sucks. And the world that we live in, we're destroying the planet. Yes, the root of all problems when you go down to it, the foundation is capitalism. But anyways, Chloe, what are you drinking? I am drinking skinny girl (laughs) martini. I just want a martini so bad. Uh, Skinny girl margarita. I was actually, so I told Julia, I was like, I'm going to drink white wine tonight. I'm super set on it because these white wine bitches on Woman Tell All reminded me that I need to drink white wine. And you know, they yeah. all drink Pinot Grigio before shooting. So Ooh, I actually or, went into- um, Or Chardonnay. Really, Chardonnays are so boring. Chardonnay is like the worst white wine. <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually haven't had Chardonnay in a long time, but I went into this random liquor store. Never been in there before. They had 
so many skinny girls and everyone knows skinny girls are hard to find for like five dollars mm-hmm. cheaper than anywhere else and in new york city it's 15 dollars for a whole bottle so i'm actually on my last class of the bottle i <gasps> what? so yeah bottles are you <laughs> like serious yeah, well, I actually, I gave Greg and his boyfriend a glass because I was like, you guys oh, have to try this. But um, okay. Like a full glass? Well, no, I'm actually half you. glasses. But I've had I've had okay. a full glass, but then now this is Dude, like my last full glass. Once you finish that glass, you're going to be so fucked up because so my old roommate and I, when I was at UCSD, used to drink like a bottle of that skinny girl like on the weekend. Like we were obsessed with it. Dude, I would get so drunk. I would, like, find myself on the bathroom floor. Like, the whole room was, like, rotating. And I was just, like, sobbing. Like, I had no idea what was going on. I was so drunk. Like, it was insane. But it just hits you. The spins. I remember I actually – so my mom, like, never gets drunk. But once Julie and I went wine tasting for my birthday with my mom. Mm -hmm. And I remember Mm -hmm. we went back to the hotel room and my mom, like, had the spins. And I was like, this is so (laughs) weird. I was like, my mom is drunk right now um, from all of the wine. Julia's going wine tasting this weekend and I can't go. I am for our sweet, sweet Pisces birthday. Caroline, shout out. I know you don't listen to this, but it's all good. (laughs) (laughs) Caroline, we love you. (laughs) One of our best friends who doesn't support our podcast. I'm just kidding. Um, But it is her birthday celebration. We love a good Pisces and I'm going wine tasting, but I'm going to miss you. I wish you were coming with us. I... I don't know. Who knows? Maybe I'll just lose it tomorrow and I'll just book a ticket and then sneak onto the party bus and surprise Caroline. Dude, you would like sneak up on the party bus. Like you would be in the party bus before it even arrived to like pick us up. I would be and driving. I would like, you guys. <laughs> the driver. I'd be like, welcome to my bus. Like drinking wine. Don't drink like, and drive, guys. <laughs> like wearing like sunglasses like small black sunglasses <laughs> or like my remember my big Tory Burch sunglasses like the oh my god the Paris yes. Hilton ones um, oh god those are no crazy. small ones I've evolved okay yeah yeah, <laughs> Wait, yeah. that would be trend. so Dude. that would be so fun I want to go see this is what I mean like living in New York is great but being far away from like the people you love is really hard yeah dude being like coast to coast like New York like the United States is such a big country and I did not realize that until I started traveling but the United States is like fucking huge there's like so much to explore that I haven't but Julia and I concluded that we don't want to live in the states anymore it's just (laughs) it's just too horrifying (laughs) dude you should just I'm not living in the states come September you should just be my second suitcase and I honestly to London I really want to. I just have to figure out how to make money. Do you guys think maybe if you promote our <laughs> podcast, Julie and I can make enough money to be happy and then we'd podcast like way more often because we're like working all the time. If we didn't have to have these survival jobs and if you guys just maybe commented a little more, we'd be so <laughs> grateful. And if I just made just the right amount of money to survive, I'm down and I'm going to be abroad forever and I'm never coming back to the States. Who needs a savings? But you guys, listen, like, (laughs) imagine how good Chloe and I's episodes would be if our only job was podcasting. Both her and I work full-time jobs and we're podcasting on the side because it's our passion. It's a great creative outlet. 
imagine what great content you would be getting if this was our full-time job. So make it happen. And then even during bachelor season, we will be doing other series. Like we will be talking about spirituality. We will be talking about women's health. We will be talking Mm -hmm. about sexuality. We will be talking about anything you guys want us to talk about if you just support us. So we're putting it out there. The ball is in your court. The ball's in your court because I honestly don't know how long I can keep up these Bachelor recaps because this franchise is so toxic. Should we get into it? Yeah, it's so toxic. I think we should. I think we should jump into it. Let's do it. But first, let's clarify that our drinking word, we don't have one really this episode because listen, the things we're going to talk about that's going on in Bachelor Nation are difficult and um, very toxic and very exhausting, to be honest. And second of all, this Women Tell All was so fucking boring. We couldn't even pick a word to use. I got a little tipsy last night and I was watching it and I was like, what is this? The lighting, it all looked very weird and so boring. I, I was playing chess during the entire episode Dude. and then I had to rewatch it today, but I so boring. wish, I wish I was playing chess. That would be so much more fun than watching this woman tell all. So basically drink whenever you feel like you need a fucking drink because we just got to get through this. Bottoms up, bitches. Everyone get to drinking. Julie and I are getting, we've had some long ass weeks. We work way too much. It's Tuesday. I don't, Julia, have you, when was the last time you had like three hours straight of not having to do anything? Dude, literally, I don't. I work two yeah. jobs. I volunteer for three nonprofits. I try to do yoga. <laughs> I try to meditate. Like, I have no free time. I get it. I know. I I work basically a full-time job. I'm a student and I'm an actor. So it's really fucking hard. And then we're podcasters. So we literally don't have any time. But we love podcasting. We're just yes. ranting. <laughs> we love it. It's Tuesday and it feels like a fucking Thursday. And I wish it was just fucking Friday. <laughs> like every day it's Friday. I wake up and I'm like, there's hope. There's hope for my life. Oh my there's something that could happen tonight. But I'm too much of a grandma to go out and get drunk. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I find myself being such a grandma. I'm like, okay, Chloe, three drinks and you're done. You're done. Because my hangovers have just been outrageous. But tonight, Tuesday night, we are drinking on a Tuesday (laughs) because I don't give a fuck anymore. I don't care. Hungover tomorrow? Good. My date's going to suck anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Hate my life. But um, no, but... (laughs) But okay, let's get into the stuff because we have a lot to unpack. Um... Okay, so I don't know. Do you want to start with Taylor Nolan tweets? Okay, so these incredibly offensive tweets that Taylor Nolan tweeted in 2013 have resurfaced from someone. Let's preface who Taylor Nolan is. So Taylor Nolan was a past Bachelor contestant. She was on, was she on Nick? She was on Nick Vial season. And then she was also on Bachelor in Paradise. And since then, she... I do think it's important to say she really has been an advocate. Ooh, excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) Already too much. Uh-oh. She has really been an advocate for marginalized groups, specifically in my understanding, the Black community. And she has really been 
the person to hold people accountable. Other people in the Bachelor franchise who have fucked up, Chris Harrison, Rachel Kirkconnell, yeah. um, so many people. Um, she has held them accountable. She has, you know, um, analyzed people's apologies, scrutinized the words that they said. She mm-hmm. is honestly one of the main faces of accountability in the Bachelor franchise. Well, yeah, she posted about an hour live talking about Chris Harrison and critiquing everything that he has been saying, and then also Rachel, and then these tweets surface, and I am shocked because she is an advocate. She's a part of the Black community speaking up. Like, you know, she really has a big impact on that. So, okay, Let's explain these tweets pretty quickly. So we posted a couple of them on our story. I didn't realize, but there's a lot more than that. There's more than those tweets? Yes. And I am not going to say what those tweets were because they they were disgusting. They were devastating. They were completely racist. And very insensitive. And they were very triggering. And as a person who was part of the uh, community that she went after multiple times, it was so triggering to read these tweets and just devastating for these tweets to come from someone like her. But before we get into everything, her response, her apology, everything like that, I do think it's important to say that it's a weird situation because one, she's a biracial woman. She's a biracial black woman. And two, it's weird because she's been doing a lot of work the past couple years for yeah. marginalized groups. And whatever these tweets are, her work should not be discounted. And I think that's important to say. And yeah, but... I mean, we all are still learning, but it is extremely difficult to read those tweets that are so offensive and so racist. And I read them and I was appalled. Like I was disgusted and they are definitely not okay. But then, yeah, she goes on. Do you want me to continue, Julia? Yeah, I just or think do you have anything clear. Yeah. Like if anyone hasn't read the tweets, she offends people from the Asian community, the Jewish community. Um, sexual assault survivors she offends the Mexican community she um, offends people of larger bodies she offends people of mental illness and I think it's it's weird because she is a licensed um, counselor and I was listening to Chatty Broads and I didn't read all of her tweets but there's tweets like telling certain people of mental illnesses that they should commit suicide, like all this stuff. And she is a licensed therapist and she has her creden- uh, credential for like a suicide something where I don't know if it's something where she can be, I don't know, a voice for someone or help someone who's suicidal or something like that. But these tweets came out when she had these certifications. So on the mental illness side, she deserves to lose her license because also she's talking about people who were her clients and that already violates HIPAA. So on the mental illness, like the offense that she says to people about suicide and all of that, she should not have her license. She should lose that, first of all. She definitely should. And there's something called sympathy 
and you do not tell anyone, anyone to take their lives because every life means so much and that is not okay. Not okay. No. So, so that's, she offended so many groups of so many different groups of people. So with that being said, when these tweets came out, she posted multiple videos. Let's talk about her first post that she did. Her first post was very victim energy in my eyes. I do appreciate that she put a lot of time into making the video, but it was all about her and how she's done the work. She learned not that she's learning or putting in the work. It's like she's already there and there's nothing more to learn. She was basically defending who she used to be, which I think is hard to say, admitting that you were a horrible person, but that's basically what she was saying. But she did start it off by saying, oh, you know, today was a self-care morning, my Sunday morning. And then I woke up to these tweets and it's like, okay, well, you should have been woken up by those tweets because those tweets are horrible. And then she notes that she is aware of those tweets and how they were out there. Mm. That's a big thing for me because if you have anything that is insensitive or offensive or racist out there, especially during these times, delete them. Delete them, not only because you're going to be canceled or whatever, it's because it could hurt someone's feelings and it's not okay. And it's a human rights issue and not okay to say those kind of things. We've all said weird shit, but delete it. Especially if you are so aware that that shit is out there and the fact that she kept it there, I don't know, a little bit of a red flag. It's not one tweet. It's mm-hmm. countless. A lot. And you were a public figure. People are going to find that. And then she was saying how, you know, there's trolls out there who found the tweets. Blaming them. You put that onto the internet. I am surprised it took them that long to find these because they are the most disgusting tweets I've ever read. Yeah, I think they're the most racist things I've read from Bachelor Nation. Like, far worse if we're going to compare to Rachel Kirkconnell's. Like, definitely. Okay, let me go back to some things that you said. So so in her quote-unquote apology, her first apology video, she goes on to say that, yeah, I knew that these um, tweets were out there and that's why I'm doing this work and I didn't delete them for a reason because I wanted to show like that's why I'm doing this work, the work that I'm doing now. And I will say one, either it's a lie, like she forgot those tweets were out there and then she's trying to cover it up or two, that shows that you don't give a fuck about any community that you offended because the tweets that I read of hers that were racist to groups that I am a part of were extremely triggering and offensive to me. And it brought me back to a lot of things that I used to hear when I was younger, things that my dad heard when he was younger, like all of these things. And if you're willing to keep those tweets there, then you don't give a fuck about any marginalized group that you went after. Especially groups that don't have representation or a voice to speak out. So in the fact that, yeah, obviously it's going to trigger people. They're horrible tweets. So why would you keep them out there knowing that they are going to hurt someone's feelings? Because that could spiral down so much. As being a biracial woman, she should know how that feels. 
I don't know. I think it's very hypocritical of her, especially being a licensed counselor and talking down on mental illness. Yeah. And also like, I can't, you know, the thing is, it's such a weird situation because when things like this happen, like we want people to show in their actions that they've changed. And she has shown what I've understood in her, in her work the past couple of years. But I, I have to say this one thing is like, I'm not familiar with her work, so I could be wrong, but like, I don't know if she's helped the Asian community in her past work. I don't know if she's helped the Jewish community or the fat community or the Indian community, the Indian community, the sexual assault survivors. I don't know because the, my own understanding is her work in the black community and the indigenous community and that's great that's awesome but she needs to understand that she's offended communities that I personally don't see her doing work for so don't tell me that you've done work for me my community when I have not seen it and another thing that you said is and we posted this on our Instagram story she's targeting communities that don't have a voice normally and we've talked about this before, Asian community, Jewish community, um, bigger body community, like, no, we never hear from these people. And so it's, you know, it's different. And I could be wrong, but I've never seen her do work for all of those communities is what I'm trying to say. And also words have so much power and everyone has her own time for forgiving so you don't have to forgive her now for what she's for her apology that she keep that she said or whatever I know she posted another thing I just I don't know I think she offended a lot of people and far worse than a lot of other people have done that are canceled can I say one more thing is like so she holds people accountable And she will scrutinize people's apology. She needs to hold herself to that same standard. And her first, let's, we'll get into her second apology, but her first quote unquote apology that she later calls a reaction was disgusting. It was victimizing herself. It was putting blame on the people. She was saying that the people who pulled these tweets had bad intentions. They were trying to disregard all her work. Well, guess what, bitch? Like, you said these words, it doesn't matter who took your tweets. And if she was reading this apology from someone else who wasn't her, she would rip it apart. Like she was completely victimizing herself. And that's why it was hard to watch because I was like, you're being so hypocritical. You're not taking any accountability. She did a day or two later come out with in written apology and here it was taking full accountability and I think it was the apology that everyone expected and everyone wanted but I still have issue with it because for me I'm kind of like "Mm, too little too late but this is too a what I was just gonna say but do you think if people had a different reaction to the video that she posted she would have never posted the second video I mean the second apology Right. So maybe it's like a too little too late. Like, is this your genuine reaction? Because I do, it's hard because like, I do think people do deserve a little grace and time to react this, but it was her actions in the first place to post that first video and post that first um, post. 
And then once she posted her second apology, she was like, well, this is my apology. The first videos were just reactions. And it's like, no one gives a fuck about your reaction. You should think about the reactions of the people that you offended. Okay, also, so I didn't fully watch all her videos, but she had one, I don't know, it was like really frustrating because she had one Instagram segment where she was like, this video is for like people of the BIPOC community only like this. And it's like you offended people, so many more groups that are not part of the BIPOC community. So maybe if you're going to put like a personalized video apology to your BIPOC community, then you need to do that to your Jewish community, to your Indian community, to your Asian community, to like the bigger body community. I know I'm not using the, the name right, but there are so many other communities. So if you're going to do it to your BIPOC community, you need to do it to other communities because this is the issue of like people of color. Like there's so many groups that are not rightfully addressed or represented. And she should address every single group because she obviously offended and triggered. Imagine how many other groups or people from different groups reading that as well. They probably felt the same way you did. And the fact that she is only apologizing to the BIPOC community is not okay. So I don't know. I am, I'm not a fan of, I mean, I do believe that everyone gets a second chance, of course, but make it about the people that you offended. It was weird. Like she was like wearing this shirt and it said like depression. Yeah. And yeah. Like, yeah, and then she, like in one of, yeah. And then in one of her statement statements, she was like, yeah. And I basically offended every group exclamation mark. And it's just like, you shouldn't add light in the situation because her to like, look them up. Like her tweets and her words were disgusting. When you don't think they're going to get worse, they are worse than you think. And like, honestly, this situation, like I know I said in the beginning, beginning, but I don't know how long I can, we can, I can do these recaps because it's so triggering to read these statements and these racist things and like, like so many things she said about like the Asian community, like I haven't heard in such a long time and it was like oh yeah this is what people actually think of us and this is like um you know the stigma and this is the first thought when um someone sees me like it's just like it's it's like very sobering it was like a reminder you know but it's just like unhealthy like I know Taylor has a podcast episode where she'll probably get more into it but I can't listen to it I mean, if she continue, if her work moving forward focuses on the group she offended and she brings those voices to light, great. That's all yeah. we can ask. But for me, I'm not going to listen to anything she says. I don't feel safe. I don't trust her because these things, it's just so bad what she said. Horrible. And I'm sorry, Julia. And I'm sorry you have to deal with this. But I'm here oh, and it's fine. But it's like she offended so many groups and said so many like terrible things. And it's just like, so for me personally, I'm not saying anyone else should do this, but like I don't feel safe listening to her and listening to the work that she's doing. Like I need a break. It's it's really heartbreaking. And I'm sorry, Julia. I'm sorry. 
Yeah. Well, we'll see. Like, I don't know. We'll see how her future actions hold. But let's get into the other stuff that's been going on. The other stuff. So basically, Rachel Kirkconnell put out a video last week, finally really addressing everything that's been going on. And I thought this apology was a lot better than Taylor Nolan's. But yeah, she was basically saying, don't defend me. I made my mistakes Mm -hmm. and I'm learning. And I thought that was something really powerful. She owned it. And she was completely honest and genuine. Yeah, I mean, she took full accountability in the video. And I think that's great. I personally won't be praising her. Like, I will praise her depending on her future actions. So if, like, she follows through through what she said in the video, like, she will use her platform to bring light to issues, great. I'm all for it, but I'm not going to change my mind about her until I see, like, future progression. But yeah, it was interesting because I was going through her comments on Instagram of the video. And what I really realized, and it's sad to say, is, like, you know, she's a white woman, And if she can use her platform, you know, a lot of people who maybe would not be open to the um, racial discrimination that is going on in this country may be open if she's the one that is giving the facts and she is talking to people. And if she can use that platform and she can talk to other people who will listen to a white person, that's great. I mean, I think it could change a lot of people's minds especially because a lot of her followers I mean obviously they support her so I mean yeah I think it could make a difference if she yeah if she can change people's minds and get them to understand maybe just like a little bit of what's going on that's all we can ask for but I'm not gonna praise her no I don't think she deserves to be praised I'm just I'm at least happy that she came out with a video and was completely honest and just took it. And I I appreciate that after watching Taylor Nolan's video. I don't know. But yeah. Um, I agree. The thing is, like, what I've really learned, honestly, Chloe, from, like, just doing this one season of recaps from The Bachelor. And obviously, this has been, like, the craziest season that we have ever craziest. experienced in Bachelor. But, like, with every all the drama – but like, like, I think it's good that people are taking accountability of things. And, you know, like, I think it's important that the things came out about Rachel Kirkconnell because she had a lot of racist things like in her past and yeah. she needs to be held accountable. But also at the same time, it's just like so toxic and so disgusting about people pulling things from like past, like, I don't know, like past history of social media. And like, there are so many TikToks going around of people just like analyzing and just like, I don't know, like shredding up Rachel Kirkconnell's past and being like, just shredding up her personality and shredding up Taylor Nolan and shredding up Rachel Lindsay. And it's just like really shined a light on how toxic social media can be for me. It's really vicious and it's really aggressive and there really is no grace or peace. 
And people just who are suffering really want other people to suffer. And it's really, really sad because that's that's the world that we live in now. Like people aren't happy unless if they're getting validated or they're getting attention, especially on social media. So yeah, no, it's disgusting. I mean, because again, when you think about who you were 10 years ago, we're totally different people. So for someone to pull that part of you that has changed and has left you, like it's gone. I guess I should have had this empathy before when we're talking about Taylor Nolan, but like, yeah, we're not the same people. No one is the same person. You know, we all change constantly. We're constantly evolving, especially in the world that we live in now being more awake and more aware of the words that we say, especially about other races and being more sensitive and being more empathetic. This is completely new. And this happened in 2020. People weren't aware of this. Which I should have been aware before. Social media is so toxic. Like, ripping people apart, like, is, it's just insane. But it's such a common acceptance nowadays. And it scares me. Like, it's, like, I have no Instagram. I've deleted my Instagram. I delete the app. Like, I have our podcast. But, like, it's so toxic. And it's just scary because you know, you think about the younger generations and the kids growing up thinking that this is normal. It's well, not. also what's happening right now with the advancement of technology, it's completely going to dominate everything. You know about like Elon Musk having those chips yes, basically dude, implanted in us? I can't get into that right now. <laughs> I mean, everyone, <laughs> Chloe, I cannot. <laughs> just look up what is going to happen to us in 10 years and five shit. years, Chloe, five years. We are right now everyone just think about this we are conditioned to be should we do a bonus episode this week i think i think we should bonus are you down let's do it but yeah yeah let's do it okay so then we won't release anymore i was going to say something but we won't talk about it and we're going we're going to do some crazy episode talking about what the fuck is happening right now and everyone needs to wake up and get off of their phones and realize that technology is really our worst enemy as we're using zoom as remember okay one thing though once julie and i did use zoom and we were talking conspiracy basically about this but it's not conspiracy it's fact and zoom started interrupting and ruined our entire recording because we were talking evil static yeah we were talking about something pretty serious um on the conspiracy side and then it was we were podcasting and the entire audio just shut down and it was insane. I and hope this doesn't happen to this recording because this recording actually matters more than might, the other one. It might happen. <laughs> okay, so let's move on. We're almost finished with our bachelor yeah. nation shit. So basically, after Rachel Kirkconnell like posted her video, of course, the way social media works is she's gaining a lot of followers, a lot of praise. People are loving her. And in a couple of days, Rachel Lindsay, Rachel Lindsay, the first Black Bachelor at the woman that had the interview with Chris Harrison, in a couple of days lost 50,000 followers because people were coming after her for going after Chris. Which she didn't. She called him out on the shit and he was definitely in the wrong for talking to her like that. She got so much harassment that she had to delete her Instagram. So, Rachel, we stand by you. We are in support of you. And the fact that people aren't is just disgusting. And I think a total reflection of the issues in America right now, Mm -hmm. especially not only because she's Black, but she's also a woman. 
and Chris is a man and he is white. So I think that shows a lot. And I think people need to wake up and realize how big of an issue this is. And this is happening in Bachelor Nation, but this is happening everywhere. Intersectionality is a real thing. And yeah, no, it's definitely a real problem. And I don't know. It's so sad. And Rachel, if you ever listen to this, which definitely won't because you're too fucking amazing but we love you and we are in support of you i'm sorry you have to deal with all this bullshit but just don't listen and keep fighting because so many people do support you and i think that light is brighter than all the darkness so she is such an inspiration of course we always stand by rachel Lindsay, and um yeah, I think that the franchise needs to be held accountable. They need to reanalyze yeah. how they have allowed racism to occur and continues to allow racism to occur. And I think like something that is difficult, but I think important for maybe everyone to do is reanalyze yeah. their own lives and analyze your own privilege because we all have privilege. I'm a biracial woman, but I have an immense amount of privilege and I understand it. And so analyze your position and it just helps you take other people's perspectives. And, you know, I reanalyze my privilege and I try to use my privilege in a helpful and positive way. And that's all that we can do. And I hope reanalyzing privilege isn't too aggressive. And I I mean it in the most genuine way. Like, you know, privilege is such a toxic word and it can be taken as, you know, you don't deserve what you have, but that's not what I mean. We're all born in different levels of privilege. Definitely. And I think it, it definitely grounds you down. Definitely. I think that's a great assignment for everyone to think about because it really allows you to see from so many different perspectives and allow yourself to see the things you're grateful for. Yeah. So just a suggestion, you don't have to, but I definitely urge everyone to, but let's like kind of get into the women tell all. I think, I think we should just get into it, get it over with. It's like ripping off a bandaid. It's like, yeah, yeah we have to it. recap this. But okay, so we know that it's going to be toxic. We know Victoria is going to be back. We know that Kit, the used to be mean girl is back, but now turned good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, so of course we get, you know, the cliche bachelor intro. All of our favorite women from the season are back and you won't believe what we have to tell you. So we're like, oh, this is going to be so crazy. It's like not. Wait. Did you notice that when they started the Women Tell All, they added yeah. like previously recorded on February 4th? 4th. Because, and- okay, so maybe he who must not be named is actually might get fired. I think actually now. Definitely. And I thought that was something really good to do because yeah, again, too. like we don't really want to see him, especially after everything that happened. Oh, I should add that the Bachelor franchise did finally a week about a week after Rachel Lindsay disabled her Instagram due to harassment, they put out a statement saying that they do not condone any harassment against Rachel Lindsay. They stand by her. Um, she has held a burden on the franchise that no one can understand, blah, blah, blah. I don't know if I believe it, but I think it's very important that they did state it. Well, good. They should fucking take care of her. Yeah, she's gold. 
She is gold. But yeah, should we just, you know, get right into it? You do it. So they start talking about Matt and how nervous everyone was the first night. And then we hear our lovely Chelsea, who's now blonde and looking more beautiful than ever, saying that, you know, the first night she's just like, I was wearing my dress and I felt good. So I was like, I'm going to be confident. And I was like, do the dress. Like it brought me back. I was like, yeah, you have to just own it. I mean, the first night you... (laughs) I can't imagine how scary that is to be in the limo. I would have like a panic attack. I would need my Ativan for sure. Also double Lexapro. I'm just kidding. Also, um, I was going to say, I need my 0.75 milligrams of Xanax. And then I need my, I need my Prozac. I don't even know how many milligrams I was on. No, I need my 25 milligrams milligrams of Prozac um, in order to get through that. Antidepressants, whatever floats your boat. I didn't hit Prozac, but you know I was there in Zoloft. Like, it's all good. Dude, Zoloft made me so sleepy, but I don't know. Maybe that's something I needed. It's I remember just, telling it's my- It's like an individual thing. It's so crazy. Wait, did you ever get on Lexapro? I never tried Lexapro, okay. but I tried I tried Zoloft and then I tried Prozac. What is it? Brupropion, which is like the worst one ever. Mm. It doesn't address anxiety. And that was like my main concern. I was like, why- Am I on this little devil blue pill? Um, Dude, but Western medicine is whack. I'm telling so you, you guys. Oh whack. my God. I know we're going off a tangent, but honestly, this episode is like whatever we want it to be. Exactly. So my tell all. Yeah, fuck it. We're going to talk about ourselves <laughs> per usual. Okay, so <laughs> I started taking, you know, I'm into mushrooms. Yeah. Um, I'm so into it. So you guys, like, I'm super into mushrooms. And <laughs> and I take this mushroom, like, uh, powder instead of, like, my second cup of coffee when I'm working. And it's, like, completely natural caffeine. But I've been taking this extracted um, pill called Lion's Mane. It's a type of mushroom. And it's for depression and anxiety. Completely natural. Changed my life. Are you serious? Yeah, I have so much motivation. I don't know if it's because it's like mercury is auto retrograde though. So I'm going to have to see like in a month how I feel. But like it has been such a difference. Mercury and retrograde sent me into such a whack that I was like a crazy anxiety piece of donut. I don't even know what the fuck I was. I mean, I like was eating whatever I wanted. But I need to get on that and I need to do that. Please send it to me and I'm going to order it. I'm so so drunk i'm ready to go shopping also okay i'm gonna send yeah. it to you right now and i'm going to talk about the woman tell all because that is our duty but yeah and then you know of course they need to show us glimpses of matt shirtless in the shower that is actually one of our instagram posts looking just so sexy and then we see the woman as a preview attacking sarah which was a flashback and then we hear victoria calling katie disgusting which is disgusting and then mj snarling it's just the varsity squad tonight with that bitch face we will never get tired of and then we open it up to our first duel of MJ and Jasenia, a little reuniting, a little drama that we've seen. That was the most dumb fight I've ever seen in my entire life. Also, MJ, <laughs> I know we're being such hypocrites, but I don't like MJ. I'm sorry. I just, no, I don't like dude, her. Dude, she, okay. So MJ, her reaction was so weird because she, just kept saying you like you know we were all just trying our best like we didn't want to bring anyone down we just wanted to bring everyone up but it's like 
I just don't trust her. She was complete bullshit, I thought. It's like a bully saying aftermath, trying to defend themselves. And it's like, well, that doesn't erase what you did. So. Yeah. Yeah. You're all just trying to be the best. But MJ, we see through it. You just seem like a bitch. I'm sorry. But like, I don't want to be friends with you. No, I don't have bitchy friends. All. But yeah. So then, you know, our beautiful Jasenia wearing this hot pink jumpsuit looking fucking gorgeous as hell. Sweet angel. Like, I don't know. I just feel like anyone watching this can just see who who's the nice person. And like, I'm not gonna lie. It's just obviously Jasenia. She's an angel. Yeah. I mean, I love Jasenia and I loved her outfit and everything. I, I, I'm not gonna lie though. Like I did get like such a weird feeling though when uh what's her name hannah no heather came in and jasenia was being rude to heather remember oh yeah so it was kind of weird and just yeah uh, oh i can't actually take her like legs were crossed and she was just being like so she was being rude like she was like she was like oh so you came here like because colton season didn't work out so you came for a second time like she said rude things and she was like smiling and owning it she was like so comfortable being mean like i don't know if julia like if we were ever mean to people like i feel like it would come off like so weird because like we're never mean so she seemed like so comfortable doing that so that is definitely a red flag okay i do remember that but yeah i don't know mj talks about you know how these accusations are a stretch and that she acknowledges it and apologize and she just wanted to inject some sense of humor in a situation where she was insecure or I don't even know I put in that word insecure but like that wasn't humorous you like aren't funny but yeah and then Mari has to interject and we you know gotta love some Mari drama and she says can I just say like it was pretty obvious that Mari was trying to get her Bachelor in Paradise audition in the woman's oh, yeah. hall. She was interjecting so much. It was kind of annoying. She definitely was. I was like, she went to what the third week? No offense, Mari. But like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, you, but she kept, I don't know. He who must not be named was definitely calling upon her. So I don't know. Dude, maybe- he probably had a crush on her. <laughs> Creep. <laughs> He's so creepy now. I could finally Wait. say he's so creepy. Wait, but- did you notice like he looked a lot younger than he's looked on previous seasons? Like on the woman tell all he who must not be named. Like there was such a difference in his forehead in this oh. episode. Like it looked like he they had edited it compared oh. to like Matt's season. Julia, I think he got Botox. I completely think that he was like maybe watching the footage from the season. He's like, oh my gosh, my forehead wrinkles. They're just, I get it though, Chris. I get forehead wrinkles too. And I can't imagine being your age. I mean, (laughs) on TV. Uh, And I did not mean to call him by your first name. I mean, he who must not be named, but I get it. Botox, I heard is amazing. I've heard nothing but great things, but I I think it's doing No, you can't get Botox. Like anyone who gets Botox, like, it makes them look older, but I get it because I do have this one forehead line. I'm not saying I would get it anytime soon, but I have okay. had a friend who has gotten it, and it looks beautiful, beautiful. Mm. Um, and yeah, I mean, it is like you just get like, a few little shots, and it's like you're on with your day. But yeah, I don't like the upkeep with it. But to each their own. If you want to get Botox and that's going to make you happy, do it. But, you know, I don't know. I kind of want to grow wrinkles. I want to be living on a farm, picking apples, and I want to have my wrinkles. And I want to be wise. And I want to be talking to my grandchildren, teaching them. Yes. Teaching them how yes. to hose the garden. But yeah, you know, <laughs> I'm like drinking wine and I'm like, yes. more wrinkles. 
No, I love it. I I do want wrinkles. I mean, we all age. Like, why do we even fight it in the first place? It's so silly. That's the silly culture that we live in. It sucks. It's more about what you look like than what's on the inside. But, But yeah, and then Mari says that she was MJ's roommate and she could claim that MJ just isn't fake. But I don't think there's ever debate whether or not she's fake. It's just that I guess Jasenia's argument was that she was fake to Matt. Everyone is fake to the guy, to the bachelor. Same with the bachelorette. The guys are going to be fake. Like they're going to be a different person in the house if they suck than they are face to face with someone that they really like. So of course you want to look good in those eyes. Didn't MJ say that like she did own it in the show to Matt and then it got cut? I don't know. She said, did she say the word cut? but she did say that she owned it yeah but i honestly i just don't fucking trust her and i don't like her because we i think maybe it's biased though because we did say it reminds us of you know who from high school (laughs) (laughs) so maybe that's like why we don't like her (laughs) i just i mean i'm not saying she's fake i think she's real as i don't think she's fake either but jesenia like really didn't give a fuck about it they put a pin in that and it's done very quickly let's move on and then okay so then we get a glimpse of ryan the beautiful woman Mm -hmm. who was Mm -hmm. brought in late and i think this is really important to address but she talks about how rough it was starting the season and how of course there is toxicity in the house and then of course Mari comes back in and she addresses Victoria and Ryan talks to Victoria and she says that being called a hoe on national tv sucked and it's hard and Victoria (laughs) with wait why wait why do I like I kind of miss Victoria a little bit. We we all love Victoria, no matter how much she sucks sometimes. I don't know. I think that all of her bullying, I'm not validating it. I think it was horrific. I think it was horrible. But I do think it's obviously a projection of her own issues and I and her insecurities. And I don't think she truly is a mean person at heart. And I do kind of, I honor her for coming on this season, knowing that she is going to get so much backlash from all of the other women and kind of, I guess, staying strong through that. So I think mm-hmm. that's that's something that I do applaud her on. But then Victoria responds with, so you're a sensitive person. (laughs) And then poor, I mean, I feel bad. I mean, Victoria has gotten a lot of backlash. I mean, she kind of did it to herself, but then she kind of talks about how there are memes about her swollen eye and the bra strap. And then she just asks Ryan if she's an emotional person again. Like, it's just like, but I think it's maybe, I do maybe think it's a call for help that she's like, I'm emotional, I'm sensitive too. And she does claim that she's had to deal with a lot from the internet and how obviously that is affecting her. I mean, obviously, Victoria definitely got the heat of everyone on the internet, on social media. Like, I feel bad. She does not deserve that at all. But to <laughs> gaslight someone and be like, yeah. oh, you've, because I've had this happen yeah. to me, like, you're sensitive to this, so that's why you care so much. It's like, no, there's like an actual problem in the words that you used. And also, um, everyone's feelings are validated. If you 100%. are hurt by something, it doesn't mean you're just sensitive. As Julie and I are highly sensitive people, maybe we could do an episode on that. But it's hard <laughs> to live in. Julie, are you an HSP? <laughs> 
too, but it's hard. And yeah. like, I just didn't like, I did note in this one part, Victoria yeah. was calling Ryan aggressive. Yeah. And yeah. And that's not okay because I think you need to understand like calling um, a woman of color aggressive yeah. Um, yeah. is not okay when no. it's not warranted at all. Ryan was not aggressive at all. She was speaking no. her truth and I didn't fuck with that. And I, I think Victoria is ignorant in her own ways. Um, and obviously she's, you know, ignorant in the conversation and she kind of misses the mark, but definitely I mean I think Victoria is like a little out of it I don't know I I don't think she's completely I mean, present but do you think like a lot of this was cut because it was super mild yeah but did you Wait, notice because so in the Chris Harrison and Rachel Lindsay interview Chris Harrison speaks and says that they talked about the racist stuff that came up with Rachel Kirkconnell and obviously we didn't see that in the woman tell all so we know that a big part of it was cut so do you think they just cut, like, all controversial shit? I think they cut a lot. I don't think that yeah. we see a lot. Definitely, I think, not saying every woman has their own point of view camera, but, like, there's definitely cameras set up. They can edit. The editors, I mean, as we know on our podcast, you have so much power. So I think that, I think a lot was cut. And I think definitely in the show, as we see later on, so many dates that we- we weren't There's allowed so to enjoy was, so much that was cut but then yeah julia did you notice that kit kind of interjected <laughs> to victoria when she was entirely on victoria's side when they were attacking the new girls dude i honestly didn't even notice kit this entire time she was oh, pretty yeah. chill it looked like she was wearing the bowling outfit from that bowling group date <laughs> she just looked like <laughs> i don't know a mannequin <laughs> i don't know but <laughs> she did look like a mannequin but she did interject and she's like ryan has the right to feel these emotions which i 100 percent second but also Um, kit you were just as bad as victoria kit's lucky that the producers liked her and didn't give her a bully edit because exactly she said some pretty harsh things she really did but then you know what i believe it's forgiven yeah it's whatever let's move yeah. on to the uh katie and victoria wait one thing though victoria oh. did say something quite funny but what? i mean obviously i don't agree with but she was like i can express myself through name calling and i was like oh my god <laughs> i was like oh wait no actually i think that was just a, a clip from the i'm already so drunk off from the skinny girl i think that was a clip <laughs> that they showed us but it made me it reminded me of how ridiculous victoria was no she probably <laughs> did say that on oh, the woman tell all i could express myself through name calling um but yeah she let's get into did. katie and victoria do you want me to get into it yeah just like a it? heads up to everyone i like did not watch this episode so I watched it but like I don't know I fast forward through so much so Chloe's gonna take the rain I'll comment it was like so stupid but yeah so then Katie says that you know she couldn't tolerate the bullying on the show Mm -hmm. and Victoria she actually owns it and she says that her name calling wasn't acceptable and Victoria notes that everyone did their best and Katie says that you know yeah everyone did their best but people are receiving the karma that they deserve wait okay so I do remember this part and I thought it was really interesting that all the women were going after Katie in like kind of a weird way like 
you can get into it with the details with like Chelsea and Katie but also like the vibe I was getting was that all the women had a group text without Katie saying like we're gonna go after her because she's the most liked she's the fan favorite she's bachelorette pick and we're just gonna go after her because that's the vibe that I was getting and definitely and Katie did nothing wrong I am 100% team Katie because yeah she had to talk to Matt about the toxicity in the house there wasn't really time and that was the only way that was going to stop it because these girls are being catty as fuck so then didn't Chelsea say like every all the drama started once you like went to Matt or something oh definitely yeah I actually have that noted and then Mari interjects after that and says that she brought it even harder with Sarah and then Katie says you know it's called learning and what Mari had an issue with was that once Katie knew Sarah's backstory she was like oh 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 no 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 everyone be nice to her but everyone's just trying to critique everything that Katie did and I really don't think I think Katie should be rightfully upset with Sarah I thought I think Sarah was being also ridiculous another thing like just going off of that is like okay one I want to go back to Chelsea because I feel like Chelsea was like really going after Katie and then I thought it was interesting that Katie was like oh well like maybe you're blind to it because you're friends with like a lot of the people who were called bullies And I think that's right because Chelsea was like, is this house really toxic? Bullying is a really strong word. Yeah. And it's, you know, it seemed like the house was pretty toxic. It seemed like there actually were a lot of bullies. And then also going off of the Mari and Katie thing, you know, like Mari's calling Katie fake because Katie was going after Sarah. But when she heard Sarah's story, she changed her mind. But I mean, that's just called growing and that's called changing your mind, changing your opinion. I don't think it's fake of Katie at all. I think honestly, Katie was the most authentic person and And genuine person. Yeah. She realized that Sarah has a hard life and she was like, okay, maybe I need to start sympathizing. And she did. And then she solved it. And then she said, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. She apologized. (laughs) And also like, remember the moment when like, that Katie and Sarah shared where like Katie's dad Mm. passed away and Sarah's dad is sick none of these women took this shared experience into account at all so how dare you call Katie fake and analyze her behavior because you don't understand like the connection maybe she had with Sarah and the understanding she had but these women don't give a shit and they suck And then also Kayla has to intervene and said that, you know, she should have opened it up to the woman first. We all know what would have happened if Katie were to pull all the women together and try to talk it out. That wouldn't have worked. And then Chelsea has to, you know, bring her hands up in agreement. And then Serena C out of all people have to say that, you know, Katie was lighting all these fires. Okay, Serena, you've already said this. This joke is over. It's gone. Get some new material. But like the thing is, it's like they're all getting material. Seriously, but like they're all getting mad at Katie. But the thing is, it's like when Katie actually said something to Matt, it was once the whole Britney and the escort thing happened. And we will get onto this soon when Britney speaks about how this act, this rumor affected her life. Oh, yeah. So why are this entire group of women? ganging up on Katie 
for speaking up like this is the issue with society is like the bystander effect they just want everyone to shut the fuck up and not say anything when something I agree with Katie should have been said oh I would do the same thing that Katie did and I think a million more people would back us up because yeah Yeah, you're not gonna stand by by all that happens but then finally Jasenia does back Katie up and she says you know this had to be nipped in the butt so I mean at least she had some backup I have to say like I'm disappointed in like the way Chelsea like Chelsea versus Katie like I did not like this at all and like yeah we love Chelsea disappointed in the way she's acted honestly she she did not understand that the environment was toxic there were bullies I I don't know like I think Chelsea's cool but do I like her as a person I'm actually not sure I question every single person but Katie to be completely honest (laughs) I think they're all shady and then Katie if it knows that you know you have to live in this house for two months I mean it wasn't a house they're all in separate rooms but again you have to deal with these girls and you have to deal with the drama and that's taking away from your time with Matt so of course you're going to bring that up to him because women are being affected by it but then yeah like they were all like what what did you think like saying this to Matt would help your relationship like obviously it wasn't for her to help the relationship it was to stop this nonsense that was happening we're not in high school anymore but yeah and then Jasenia says the word rumor and then the camera zooms in on Anna and her head is like her head like goes down in shame I don't know another person I question but then our lovely Brittany gets interviewed by he who must not be named and he who must not be named says this crazy rumor is the craziest thing I've heard in the past 20 years of being on this show and I'm not gonna lie they're kind of shaming sex work a little bit of course on The Bachelor and I think that is completely unacceptable and is sex work not a normal job or accepted in the society of course not because this show is so republican <laughs> this show is pretending like one yeah they're making it seem they're perpetuating the idea that sex work is shameful not okay and it's not a line of work that should be respected which obviously we do not agree with and two they're acting like they had no idea what this rumor was going to happen the show had complete control of whether this rumor would come out on national television or not they decided to air this rumor and again they knew that this rumor was occurring between anna and Brittany. they knew that anna and Brittany knew of each other and they knew what anna knew so the fact that he who must not be named is playing coy, pretending that the show had no idea what was going to happen. Oh, and they definitely casted Anna and Britain for a reason. Definitely yes. because they knew each other. Definitely because Anna has heard not so good things about Britney. Not so good as in their words. And them releasing the show, they know forever that Britney's name is going to be attached with Escort. But then, it's yeah. It's a great so, line of work to be in. It, but it's, it's not. Just, it's, 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 I mean, we all are equals. So how yeah, can we look I down mean, on each other? No one should judge anyone. But, no. I mean, doesn't Britney get into it? How, like, she said that... When she got off the show, she couldn't even talk to her family. She couldn't even talk to her friends. Like, wait, I love her. 
after no, I, tell all. I actually, I got a great feeling that I want her to be the bachelorette and I want them because they are responsible for this. I think that yeah. making her the bachelorette will give her a different attachment. And I think she's fucking beautiful. She is so strong. I thought it was really amazing of her to acknowledge sex work and saying that it's mm-hmm. not bad, but it's not her. And yes. I totally respect her for that. And okay, so do we want to get into the Anna thing? Yeah, you do it. Okay, I think this is very interesting. And Brittany claims that Anna hasn't reached out to her to apologize. One, if I was ever Anna on the show and rewatching this, I mean, even just after the show or even after I release these words from my mouth, I would automatically go to that person and apologize. And I yes. think it's very interesting that she didn't apologize and she waited until the woman tell all until I'm just thinking about myself before the show even starts. I'm like, Brittany, I am so sorry for ruining your fucking life. Yes. That easy. Two words. I'm sorry. I definitely question whether or not Anna's apology is genuine, but I do respect Brittany's response into, of course, accepting it. She doesn't want people to ruin Anna's life the way that they are trying to ruin hers. And I totally get that. Again, cancel culture. I don't really agree with, of course, people are going to go after Anna too for, of course, being so viciously, you know, spreading this rumor about her because obviously it wasn't okay. But again, we have to forgive and we have to invite grace. But again, Anna, I don't think you were very genuine. (laughs) I feel like her apology on the show on the woman tell all was genuine like it's for in my perspective it seemed genuine but the fact that she didn't reach out to or Brittany um during the show when the episode aired is confusing to me and she's willing it's to alarming. say that Chicago is such a small town. And, you know, I heard this stuff from your ex-boyfriend, people you went to high school. Then, yeah, bitch, if it's such a small town, you should reach out to her when all this is happening. And I definitely. Ugh, I it don't just, know. It like, kind of, it rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. I, you, literally. Yeah, I was just going to say the same thing. But, I mean, I do appreciate Anna taking accountability for saying that, you know, it came from anger. And she doesn't want to be an angry person anymore. That was, I thought, very honest. And I mean, I do think a lot of these things on the show, when they do talk about on the woman tell all, it all stems from insecurity. Because of course, they're all dating the same guy. Of course, the worst parts of you are going to come out. But I don't know. I'm just saying, I think it's sketchy she didn't reach out to her. I think that's weird. If I felt bad about something, I would do it as soon as possible. I wouldn't be able to sleep at night. If I agree, she felt that I just, bad about it. I agree. I just think that we have to remember that it was the show's choice that yeah. decided to air this. It's all ABC's they fault. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, they literally they don't, don't I mean, give a fuck. They don't care about these girls. They just want to make money and they want to get the best television that they could. So again, Anna, I was bashing on you, but maybe it's ABC. Maybe maybe she wasn't allowed to reach out to Britney. I mean, there's so many no, things that we she, probably don't even know about. She definitely, no, they don't have like, in their contract, they don't have power of who you can reach out to. She definitely mm-hmm. could reach out to Britney. I think if anything, like they would have power off of like what she can post on social media. Like, no, it 
she should have reached out to her. That's fucking bullshit. Yeah, no, definitely. But um, again, okay, so I think we kind of touched on everything about the Anna and Brittany situation. I kind of want Brittany to be the next Bachelorette. I think that would be a great way to, um, I don't know, make up for all the shit that they did to her. And yeah, I think she'd be a great Bachelorette. I think she's so emotionally mature. I've never seen someone so genuine from The Bachelor. So I, mm-hmm. I really, I really like Brittany. I feel really bad yeah. for her, and I don't think that's okay. Yeah. For that to be again, I mean, job interviews. I mean, they definitely care about that shit, which they shouldn't. But you know, that's really sad. It definitely, yeah. Does. No, Even though sure. you know what, guys, sex work is work. So let's fucking accept it into our society and respect it. You know, shaming sex work is just like another level of misogyny. That... But it's also shaming women, and that is not okay. Why right. don't so you shame yeah. the men? Yeah. Um. But yeah. So um, we get a peek of outrageous moments. Of course, these little segments of Let's The Bachelor. Let's skip it. Let's skip that. Okay. Let's skip it. Well, we missed um, a few episodes Wait. about cockroaches and bugs. And we missed Wait. some about them chugging so, pancakes and beer. So was that the missing dates that we've been talking about? Yeah. So there were missing dates. I feel like they yeah. added that in. There too. Okay. I think they added all this extra footage in because – they definitely edited out the parts where they're talking about Rachel Kirkconnell. Probably. I, I definitely it's, believe. It's probably like edited out parts of Chris Harrison and all this stuff. So they have like at least 30 minutes they have to add in. Oh, and they're adding in these unnecessary clips. I'm not going to lie. I was kind of fast forwarding. However, the bug thing, come on. I was like trying to eat some dinner. And when I see cockroaches <laughs> and God knows what else, I couldn't even look. I lost my appetite. I was really excited to watch the woman tell all and eat my food and Damn. to see bugs. Wait, kind of what were you eating? Okay. So I'm definitely dieting and it's oh. great. Well, not dieting, but I'm eating for my, my body. Chakra. So I had... I am. And I had um, some rice medley that was, it's like brown rice and quinoa and like this mix is so delicious. I had chicken, I had sweet potatoes, and then I also add in some like roasted tomatoes and some broccoli, and then a little bit of healthy guac with some red onions and avocado. And I have that again tonight. It is so filling everyone and so good for your body. My stomach problems are gone. I'm also wow. fasting and exercising, and I feel I've never felt so good in my life. That's amazing. Wait, can I tell you a trick to the sweet potatoes? Please, okay. Phil. So first, bake them. Like, don't cut them. Just bake them in the oven for 45 to 50 minutes, and then take them out and then cut them up, and then put olive oil or coconut oil. Coconut oil is really good. And then put cumin smoked paprika and garlic powder or garlic salt on the um, potatoes and then like roast them again for another like 15 minutes flip them and then another 15 minutes best potatoes you'll ever that sounds amazing I actually already got preemie chopped because I'm just so lazy (laughs) that you bake from whole foods um I'm definitely gonna do that next time but coconut oil I'm telling you baking them then cutting them up and then baking them again, huge difference. And My that's like a meal. That. 
Well, your yeah. mom is the best cook. Like I know <laughs> that brings She's me back. She is like leftovers. Shout out to Krista, my favorite. We'd be like eating her leftovers <laughs> all the time. Oh, I miss her. Krista, I'm coming to San Diego soon and we are going to get so drunk off of wine and talk about our childhood. <laughs> oh my God. My mom would love that. She loves talking about her childhood because that's where all her issues come from. Love you, mom. I'm telling you, Krista is a part of our friend group and she is so cool. I don't know, Julia, maybe we should have her on as a guest. I think she'd be a great motivational Aww. speaker. I that think she's the most perfect. I'm not going to lie, Krista, I look up to you so much and you are one of my best friends. So Aww. holler at you. Yeah, I love, yeah. love her. Maybe we can do that. Like maybe we could do a, um, a series. I wanted to do a series on like families, like family dynamics um would be interesting I don't we know. should bring debbie on too i think yeah and then debbie and krista are just best friends so I yeah think okay let's keep going now okay let's keep going okay so stupid 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 outrageous moments and then they start talking about how kit had a tough time playing hide and go seek or something like that did you note that she was like lost in the woods whatever not a big deal but i thought it was very weird that she had to go find them to all be in from the group date. Everyone's in bikinis in the hot tub. I was like, major orgy. I'm just saying, I, I would be so uncomfortable being in a hot tub with the man I like with a million other girls who have obviously very hot bodies in a bikini. And obviously he's turned on by, it's just weird. I think that's yeah. weird. But I whatever. skipped that. So I have yeah. no idea what you're talking about, but sounds super weird. Oh yeah, weird. But let's let's get past that. We will get on let's to our girl like, Katie, the yeah, gift that Katie. keeps on giving, according to he who must not be named. But I do actually agree with what he said about her. She is amazing. And what I did know is that all the girls attacking her, they're just jealous. It was her bachelor audition. Like you it, could tell she was getting like the bachelorette aud- like edit. I think she's definitely a runner-up for The Bachelorette, and I think she might actually get it, which I would love to see. I love a conscious, aware woman. I just want to say that. She is so just a light. But yeah, so then they, of course, have to review us with what happened on the season with Katie. And of course, she starts crying. I do believe this is he who must not be named torturing her. I mean, obviously (laughs) not him. But I think it's really weird how they show the breakup of Matt and the girl. And they did this multiple times, not only with Katie, but with Piper and other women. And I do think it's totally unnecessary. I would definitely bring in a blindfold and I would blindfold myself because I wouldn't want to see the man I love rejecting me because that's not anything that rejection kind of hurts the most, I think, for everyone. I think that's like the worst emotion you could feel. So I thought it was like, <laughs> I called him a Dementor in my notes. I was like, he's truly a Dementor. <laughs> like the show is a Dementor, like sucking up yes. her happiness. Because yeah, but she says that like rewatching it, she can see how other relationships have flourished more than hers. And she understands like why he ended it when he did. I think that's all I have noted for Katie. Do we want to move on to Abigail? Yeah, I mean, about Katie, I just think it was like straight up bachelorette audition. It'll be interesting to see like she's a contender, and then I would think Michelle's a contender. So it's just going to depend on how the audience reacts to Michelle. I would, I mean, I would love to see a 
a woman of color, a black woman as the next bachelorette. But I do think Katie would be uh, such a good bachelorette too. Me too. But why do I feel like Michelle is too busy teaching? She, no, she, she, she's a good player. Like she wants to be on the show. But let's okay, get into I Abigail. Love that. I Michelle's definitely like <laughs> my favorite. I love her. Um, I wish she was my teacher. But okay, so then we have Abigail. And again, very torturing. We get a review of her and Matt's relationship. And mm-hmm. we have to relive their breakup. America, were we ready to see this for a second time? No. No. I don't want to see it. I had to fast forward it because I was like, I don't oh. want to see Matt rejecting her. It's just not okay. No one should reject Abigail. It's too awkward to watch. And it's very, it's like torture for me and for Abigail. And can I add something? One note that I did write down is um, after they played like her whole segment and everything, I thought it was really, I felt like I just like, I learned so much from her and she was saying how she was scared Mm. to come on because people, um, because of how people view uh, other people in the deaf community. And she said uh, the hearing community and the deaf community, people view as like very black and white, but she is the gray space. And Mm -hmm. she explains how she was primarily deaf, um, but because of her cochlear implant, she can hear things. Um, But she's not part of the deaf community with a capital D because she doesn't Mm -hmm. use sign language because she can speak. Um, And she didn't know how people would receive her. And I don't know. I just, it's so inspiring to hear her speak. And it's a community that is not represented at all in media. And it was really beautiful to watch and listen to. It really was. I think it's really great. She had a great response from a lot of people, a lot of support And I think having this representation on The Bachelor was a historical moment. And I'm so happy that she is getting the support that she deserves and the love that she is entitled to. And yeah, yeah, and I think that was really great for her to open up because obviously that's another insecurity of hers being from a community where she is deaf, but she can communicate. She could read lips and because of her cochlear implant, she can, I believe, hear a little bit. Yeah, it's interesting because it's, like, I'm just, like, relating this to myself to, like, understand it's, like, similar to, like, being biracial. Like, you're part of, like, two different communities, but you're not, like, Mm -hmm. 100% in both those communities. So you're kind of just, like, in the middle. Yeah. And um, I know just from, of like, my education and, like, research – um with the deaf community and like with cochlear implants like there's a lot of like um talk about whether you know it's like a big decision to um have give your kid a cochlear implant or not yeah because the deaf community is like so proud as they should be of their yeah. community of Definitely. um what they represent and so it's it's very interesting to hear her um, experience, and I'm I'm very grateful that we were able to see her on the show. I am so grateful, and you know, she does talk about how it was like awkward to rewatch that, 
and that, you know, she really showed her insecurities with him, but she has learned a lot from the show and she is ready to, I don't know, meet her next person. And she feels more like herself than ever. That's kind of what I got from it. And again, another bachelorette contestant. I would love, love to have more of Abigail. I think she's incredible. I feel like they definitely gave her the bachelorette edit. I think she'll be on bachelor in paradise because she's pretty young so she's gonna have fun on there yeah i feel like she'll be like paradise queen like she'll be so good in paradise i can't wait for paradise i i love paradise and i can't wait for her to get all the dick that she's yes okay honestly if we take a big break from these recaps we have to do paradise though yeah no we do we do i i think paradise is a must bachelor it's boring so boring toxic Um, toxic and boring but paradise is fun and games and could be toxic but i think we'll get through it for paradise because there's so much drama that it's just but like good drama i don't know it's not as toxic as the season but okay so do we want to move on to piper's time to shine okay well her pants look fabulous but again we take a look at her past she looks she looks beautiful she's glowing her smile contagious she's beautiful and again I'm, I've said a lot of things about Piper and I do I love Piper I just I don't know what was up I don't know whatever um everyone has their own feelings and their feelings are valid but again she talks about how she felt like really blindsided and that she before she was broken up with she was talking to Matt about you know him meeting her family and she was super excited about that and she claims that she was definitely in love with Matt like 100% and then we cut to Victoria and Victoria's like twirling her hair like I was like what are you doing girl um having some fun with her hair I get it when you're bored (laughs) um but yeah she claims that her and Matt were definitely on a different page and that Matt knows how to make a woman feel special which I think he does I think he does but that's basically all I got she said she was 100% in love with him but she yeah. said that she was only falling for him to like keep that one wall up. And yeah. I totally understand. And yeah. it felt like she had matured a lot since the show. Because in my opinion, on the show, she was she just seemed very young to me. And I was yeah. seeing like vulnerability and mechanisms and patterns yeah. that I had when I was like, I don't know, 18, 19. So yeah. she felt very young to me, but um, it seems like she had uh, changed and grown a lot, like in this woman tell all. And I thought that she had matured a lot, and I thought that was great. You know, I just feel bad for her because she opened up and said, "Yeah, she was in love with him." And obviously, later on, we hear that it was just like he was not as into her as she was into him, and that sucks. And I feel bad for her because it's hard to like open up to someone when you're obvious, when you're naturally so closed off and then to be rejected, that just makes you want to be closed off even more. Exactly. But she does claim that she's grown a lot from this experience and she's gained a vocabulary because she said that she used Mm -hmm. to, you know, maybe say being vulnerable is stupid, which I don't like that word. I think I may have actually said this on this episode, but I apologize. I take accountability, but yeah, she's 
evolved and she's a whole nother woman and we love it piper you're fucking beautiful i mean who knows definitely bachelor in paradise i don't know if she would be the next bachelorette i would love it but she is 21 and way too young okay no i don't know she would be great in bachelor in paradise oh so much fun so like jacuzzi time let's go buggy boarding drinking sugary pina colada drinks i love it But, okay, so then we get to Serena P, who, okay, I kept looking at her. I've never seen someone so beautiful in my entire life. Like, I think she is just perfect. She's so bubbly. But, yeah, so she joins he who must not be (laughs) in in the hot seat. And he who must not be named really thought that she was the one. He hasn't only said this in this episode, but he said that in the other. I do think that if she didn't leave, she would have gotten the ring. I don't think she would have gone in the ring. She maybe it, it would be top two. Maybe Michelle mm-hmm. would be out and be her and Rachel, I think. Maybe. I wish it was Serena P and Michelle. But yeah, well, I don't think uh, that happens. We'll see. We'll see. But okay. So her preview that they have been just showing in front of all of these poor victims. She's in tears. And she said it's the first time watching it back. So she hasn't been watching it, which such a Scorpio thing to do but she did note that when she went into hometowns she felt so good about their relationship and she truly just wanted the reassurance from her parents that obviously she didn't get so that's why she left but he who must not be named asks her whether or not she thought it was the right thing and Serena P says you know she still cares about him but the last thing she truly wanted to do was hurt him and so then dun 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 our Matt comes in with the B-E-A-R-D, a beard oh that he's just so confident about. And <laughs> Julia, you that, love beards. What do you think about it? No, that beard is terrible. Ew. I love him. Like, I'm so in love with him. Like, I think he's <laughs> so funny. But, like, that beard is disgusting. Disgusting. Dis- no. Disgusting. Yeah. No, I didn't like it. I guess all the women loved it. You no, know, they, also- they didn't. I feel like they were laughing. What? They were like, ha, ha, ha. Like, no. we're not with you anymore because that beard is ugly. Oh, my God. They're probably thinking that internally. But he who must not be named asked them. They're all saying 10 out of 10. They thought it was so hot. I feel like they were joking. Or I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, Julie, you skipped through this. <laughs> I don't think I watched this part. <laughs> no, the woman loved it. Like, it was, like, what? really weird. But Matt Ew. walks in and he said Dude. he was super nervous. I feel oh. like they're just kissing his ass. Like, no way they like that beard, you guys. Like, I know. It does not look good. No. It looked so weird. I hate beards on guys. So, and I this like beard it, was just, no. it was too much. I think him with facial hair, fucking love it. Grow it out a little bit. But this one what is this no shave november like going into <laughs> march like what is happening no. or february 4th but then yeah he says that he was super nervous because he's never <laughs> addressed multiple women that he's dated at once because i don't think he's like actually seriously dated multiple women he did look nervous i love matt and i want to say he is so gracious and he's so empathetic and totally holds himself so pristinely like I am very impressed every time he talks I'm like he just said the right fucking thing 
But yeah, um, he's asked whether he was surprised of the level of drama that was happening in the house. And he responds saying, you know, he tried to be as empathetic as possible. And he doesn't know how each person felt in the moment with that certain situation. And especially when they're dating the same person at once. I mean, I get it. You never know what it's like until you were in this situation. Yeah, I mean, I feel like he speaks very well. Um, one thing I did write when Matt was out that I thought was funny was when Serena C was like, you know, Elal saw us in, um, you know, we put our best foot forward when we're with you, but you know, you saw us acting differently around other girls. And I, I hope that doesn't change your opinion of us. <laughs> like what the fuck, bitch? chill but yeah he says you know I'm not a perfect person and he is not in a place to judge because he said some fucked up shit too so no yeah, yeah he he says you know he doesn't think of her in a bad light but but one one thing I did write down that yeah. I found was interesting was he was talking about Anna and the yeah, whole thing with yeah, Anna yeah. and the rumor and he mm-hmm. said like you know, like he felt that she was super remor- remorseful and he knew that she was a good person who just made a bad mistake. And that, you know, you have to be accountable and it's better to be accountable now than later down the road. Yeah. And I think this is like him foreshadowing Rachel Kirkconnell because Mm. he, I do genuinely think that she wins. And I feel like he's like, you have to think about it. Rachel Kirkconnell just spoke out a week ago. And I feel like he's saying, like, it's better to be accountable now than later down the road. And I know you're a good person who just made bad mistakes. And maybe I'm looking into it, but I feel like this is, like, what he's going to say about her and they're going to stay together. Which is fine if they want to stay together, but. He was looking at Anna, but yet talking to Rachel. I totally see that now. But do we want to talk about how Matt talks to Victoria? Do it. Okay, I thought this was very interesting because, you know, Matt never liked Victoria. You kind of like totally sense it throughout the entire season. But Matt says he knows Victoria's heart, which I do believe Victoria has a heart. Like, I, I totally believe that. But then she responds with saying that she's grateful for the experience and how, you know, watching it back, she could have had more of a shot at romance rather than focusing on the drama. When Victoria left... I guess Matt said something about how she needs to reflect on herself and that affects I don't I don't remember this like me neither she said like you said I need to reflect on myself and like um you have no words for me I don't remember that I don't remember that either but she said that you know she did the best to open up and she has a great fear of rejection and you know he responds with saying you know I have nothing but great things to say about you and I guess that is what it is. He says he feels bad for dropping the ball on the relationship and how there wasn't more that he could have done for her. I thought that I was like very this, interesting. I feel like this was very like producer planted. Like I feel like they talked to Victoria and Matt and was like, this is how you guys need to act. Like Victoria for you to be on paradise and like for Matt for you to move on. Because like, are we not yeah. going to talk about the body shaming video that came out? I know. But yeah, so I thought that was very interesting that they didn't mention the video and how Matt has clearly not been standing up for her. So I thought that was very interesting that he said that. Yeah, I 
I think it was all just bullshit because like on Watch What Happens Live, like Auntie Cohen asked Matt, like, how did you actually feel about Victoria? And Matt just drank instead of saying anything. So I do think it was like a producer, like both of you agree to say these things and it's fine. Yeah, 100%. I think it was completely staged and completely for Victoria to get. Don't you think that Chad and Victoria would totally hit it off? Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I would love. I don't like Chad though. Actually, no, I actually don't want to. Did he get like accused of stuff? I don't know why I said that. Yeah, he's he's a disgusting person. But like, I would love to see Victoria on Paradise. I'm sure we're going to. Um, I just, I don't know. I kind of wish the body shaming thing was like addressed. It should have been. I think it should have been entirely because that's like a huge issue, especially in the show. But um, we know that this entire woman's tell all was completely cut, completely edited because we yeah. know they talked about Rachel Kirkconnell. We know maybe they talked about the body shaming and they probably cut a lot of things to make it because this was like the most bullying season ever. So they probably yeah. cut and edited to make it seem like the women weren't that bad because that's how they came off. Oh, 100%. Um, but yeah, okay. So going away from Victoria, Queen, bye um see you later (laughs) but yeah so then we get into them talking about the eye open for matt's kissing and i thought that was a very interesting discussion okay well this is actually very funny julie and i think you will get a laugh out of it but matt says that he didn't know that opening your eyes during kissing was a no-no and that this is totally news to him but now as he watches it back it's kind of weird but he he's says, so silly. he's so silly, but he says that he likes doing it because he likes looking at how sexy the woman looks when they're kissing him, which I think is weird. I, Julia, would you like a guy to, I mean, I'm, I've definitely had guys open their eyes while we're kissing, but like, it's well, no. kind of weird. I think like a little flutter, like open and then close is fine, but, but not like, like an staring entire, into- entire- yeah, that's weird. Like eyes open the whole time is weird. And that's totally mad. But I think, okay, so he talks to Abigail. He talks to Piper. I don't think there's really anything to be said about that. But then Matt and Serena kind of talk. And Matt said it was really hard for him to be broken up by Serena. And honestly, you can see it in his eyes. Like, he was definitely really affected by this. Definitely considering her to be his wife. And he really wanted to marry her. But then, okay, we get to that. Serena is just so graceful and perfect. And then we get to bloopers, and I mean, I don't know. There's nothing I didn't watch it. I mean, all I watched is the preview, (gasps) which – okay, what? Wait, there's actually something really funny that happens in the bloopers. Okay, so Matt is in the jacuzzi with Serena. Oh, I watched that, the boner. Yeah, so she's, like, getting out, and he's, like, watching her, and then he gets a boner, and he's like, I need a towel um to get out because yeah he was definitely hard and dude I saw his face like his face (laughs) like I was like okay do not want to have sex with you ever (laughs) but then they cut back to Serena and you like see her smile I'm like yeah girl like yeah she looked kind of yeah but she looked kind of uncomfortable she probably was I thought she felt proud but I mean dude I don't know I wasn't paying attention we don't know we're not Serena we don't know Mm -hmm. what she's feeling we don't know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but um okay wait also one thing 
Matt's mom kind of looks like the ghost whisperer from Insidious. Do you know what I'm talking about? I love Matt's mom. I don't, but like, I can't with (laughs) you. Am I I right? No, I don't even know what you're talking about, but like, Insidious is such a trigger word for me. Like, I can't, like, (laughs) think about it. Can I send you a picture? No, it's so scary. But okay, we so get good. a preview. That yeah. that conversation of him and his dad and then him mm. his, and his mom was so raw and real. That was insane. I love it. It was so real. And I'm really happy that we have both of his parents on there to be interviewed. Yeah. Me too. And to really get the full experience of Matt. Because I feel like we haven't gotten that because it's all been so much drama. But it I'm so happy to have like, more about Matt. Yeah, it kind of looks like Rachel might leave doesn't I doubt it but like no I know she wins it just like I feel like when he's crying with he who must not be named it's after like his conversation with his dad like Mm -hmm. I feel like he doesn't get what he wants from his dad um but I think it would be I'm excited to see this conversation on tv and see what happens oh I am so excited but yeah I think this is our episode. I don't know if we want to do a fuck, Mary kill because there's really no great options. No, I don't want to do it this episode because I I really never liked the woman to all and I wasn't even paying attention to it. And <sighs> I fuck myself, I marry myself, and I kill my arch nemesis. He, I fuck myself. Not be <laughs> I fuck myself I marry myself and I kill anyone who gets in my way just kidding yeah. I kill anyone who gives me shade because yeah you know what I f- I kill Elsa like it's a sticker mm-hmm. I have but honestly like okay this this episode was whatever but like let's stand up for marginalized groups who are not represented yeah. like I think it's great we're standing up for the Black community. I think it's great we're standing up for Indigenous um, people. But the work is not done. Like, um, we need to stand up for all marginalized marginalized groups. Accountability and equality does not happen without white accountability and white people. It is your duty. It is your job to stand up for marginalized groups. That's all I have to say. 100%. I think we should spread awareness to anyone who needs to be represented. We need to make a change. So in order to make a change, we have to have a voice and we have to make a difference. So I think everyone who needs to take accountability, take it and don't take it with victim energy. We don't want that. We want the pure state, genuine, raw statement of you taking accountability for your words that have affected people and are insensitive. And yeah, let's all make a difference. Let's all do something right. And Let's all stand up for human rights and make a difference. And I think we should all be spreading awareness, consciousness. Let's just all spread the love and empathy. Everyone having empathy for everyone, I think is very important. Think of yourself in that person's shoes. I think that changes Mm -hmm. your whole perspective. So I don't know, try doing that people and not think about yourself. That's all I have to say. Spread the love, peace and love, my friends. And we'll talk to you next week. Oh, and bye, bitches. Bye. Yeah.